Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Today, I'm going to talk to you about fear. I'm going to talk generally about coping with fear. But more significantly, I'm going to talk about my fear. I'm going to talk about how scared I feel. It's really important to me with my videos and my podcast episodes that I'm fairly raw and real and that I don't touch up my personality at all which I think I generally succeed in doing, generally. But today I was sitting in my chair, my beautiful chair that I talked to you about, and I sat and I sat and I sat and I just felt fear. I didn't know if I should do some work on different parts of my business or produce a video or... I just felt like a rabbit caught in the headlights of a car, I just felt scared. And then Jan, one of my friends and viewers, listeners, wrote me a a letter, encouraging, kind letter. And it made me think that it's important to be authentic in these episodes because for me, why I do this Firstly and foremostly, and this is the way it started, and this is the way it needs to be. I started these uploads because I felt I was having an intimate conversation with you. When my videos first started becoming popular, one of the first videos was a video where I spoke about goals and never giving up, and it was just after my marriage ended and I think I was tearful during the video and I felt like giving up. I felt like it was just insurmountable. So I ranted and raved to the video saying never ever give up on your goals. And lo and behold, that video became popular. And it had a number of effects on me. I was surprised. I enjoyed the venting. I enjoyed expressing myself candidly and I enjoyed the interaction. I loved the comments. I loved the feedback. I loved the discussion, the feeling that there was a to and fro movement. Now, I don't always respond to comments. I systemize time and I go through them one by one and I think I'm pretty good with comments. I don't get to everyone. It's just not possible now, but I get through to a lot. And it gives me a feeling of camaraderie. And judging by your comments, it gives you a feeling of camaraderie. And I love that. I love that mutual feeling of support. So, 
I'm feeling scared today and that's why I've sat right down with my Twining's English breakfast tea. I've sat right down to speak with you. I've had an interesting 10 days with my daughter with a twisted ankle, both boys uh, with uh, chest conditions, you know, normal fluey things, one at a time. And then me, I had a fluey thing in the last week, which you can hear in my voice, I still have. And my other daughter keeps forgetting things, which means I keep driving to the school. That's, that's all normal stuff. It's not worth... Oh, yes, there's also the internet issues I had with um, interesting contacts from people. That's all normal stuff for me. And it's just the kind of stuff I kind of roll with the punches most of the time. Not all of the time. Most of the time I roll with the punches. So the mayhem of children, the mayhem and manic lifestyle of looking after and nurturing the development of four children is normal. That's normal stuff. For those of you who have been with me along this journey, and my God, what a journey it's been. I look back at the beginning and I hesitate, but I I, I want to say that I was really immature at the beginning of my journey. And I think I would call the beginning of my journey when I was 46 because it was when I was 46 that I started to realise that life is not about nice cars, nice houses and nice clothes. I'm not saying that at age 46 I thought that was what life was about because that's not true either. I did a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. I was both spiritual and religious, if you can possibly divide those complex definitions. But when I turned 46... So much of what I held on to as validating my identity was taken away or was no longer there. And with that time, I started to grow. And I look back now and I think, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, I had no idea. fear. In the book I write about my writing background and I write about my early development where I struggled in school and I really struggled. I don't share the entire story but it's fairly obvious what occurred in my primary school years and any of you with similar experiences will understand the whole story. With time, I'll share the whole story of why I struggled in primary school, why I struggled with learning, why I struggled academically. And I did struggle academically. I really did. And then as I went through school and went to university, I realised that I did well in in most academic areas. And when I realised that I did well in English, economics, history... I didn't want to leave university. I didn't want to leave. I was too scared to leave because I finally found something I was good at. I finally realised that I could write essays. I finally realised that I wrote essays more quickly and generally 
more clearly than a lot of my peers. And I clung to that. I clung to that and I didn't want to let it go. So I went to university for many years. You could say that I've only just stopped going to university. I completed my last degree, master's degree in 2014, I think February or maybe it was 2013, December, something like that. It's really scary, don't you think, sometimes looking at life, looking straight down the barrel, looking into the eyes, into the soul of life, your life. It's really scary. It's really scary to try to look down the eyes, the heart of life, without denial. It's really scary to do it with accountability and and taking ownership. I find it really, really scary. When I was young, I was told I was stupid. I was told I was retarded. I was called psycho weird because I seemed to think differently to other people. If you gave me a concept in class or in any other arena, I would take that concept and my brain would start ticking. It was almost like it was on automatic, like dominoes that had been tipped over and were tipping over each other in a line. I couldn't seem to stop my brain working things out and... I noticed that other kids didn't do this. This didn't happen to other children. For some reason, if someone said to me the words ideal and values, I couldn't just listen to the words on one level. I had to define and redefine and redefine and analyse and assess and question the words values and ideals and how they were used in what context and why. I couldn't seem to stop my brain turning over. I started writing when I was very young. I kept journals, lots and lots and lots of journals. And sometimes I'd throw them away and sometimes I'd keep them. And over the years I've lost most of them. But everywhere I would go, I would take a case of my journals. And in my journals I would write about my life. At that stage, it wasn't the keeping of the journals that was important. It was the writing of the journals. It was a reflecting for a short time and then letting go. I needed to write in those journals. I would write stories too. The stories were generally about animals, families, loss. I wrote about loss as a young child. I think in my... Um, as a, probably a seven, eight-year-old, I would write. And then when I turned 11, I won uh, an essay con contest, uh, equal first with the, the apparent brain of our school. I wrote about a mother kangaroo who was killed by hunters. And I wrote about the baby who sat by the mother's side, grieving and sitting in the shade, I wrote about how the baby kangaroo slowly died because of the wanton sport of the hunters. I wrote about the feelings of the kangaroo. I wrote about the loss. 
I wrote about how much the young kangaroo loved its mother. And I talked about the scenery and I won this prize. After that time, I didn't let people know how much I loved writing. I loved it so much that it was, it was like, not a secret, but I didn't share everything with other people because I noticed as a young child that when I would talk, people would say, you're weird. And they'd say, why are you so intense? Why do you have to analyse everything? You're overwhelming. It's too much. Stop analysing. You're a psycho. You're retarded. So I learnt to hide the way my brain worked. And I used to pray when I was younger that my brain would stop working the way it did. Analysing, always analysing. I wanted to write a book. I wanted to write a book since I was a child. When I was in school, we went to the movies one day with the, the class and we saw the movie My Brilliant Career. My colleagues, my peers, the other students didn't like the movie. I loved the movie. I remember watching it. I remember my feelings when I watched it. I remember the cinema. I remember the, the, the darkness. I remember the smell of the, the upholstery on the chairs. I remember the profound impact my brilliant career had upon me. My brilliant career is a true story about a writer who chose to be a writer when discouraged to do so by her family, her society in young Australia. And in the end, she chooses writing over relationships. I remember watching the movie and saying, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to choose writing over relationships or significant relationships is what I mean. But then after that, I felt swallowed up, swallowed up by life. You know, I worried about my body. Was it acceptable? I worried about whether I had friends. I worried about being acceptable to society. I worried about how I presented myself. I worried about hiding, always hiding my need to think. When I say need to think, it's not so much need to think, but if you give me any word, any situation, I always need to look at the concept, where it leads, where it may lead, where the argument, the consequence of the particular argument or situation, that's how my brain wants to work. It seems that other people's brains doesn't, don't work like that. So I wanted mine to stop. I really wanted mine to stop. I remember at a, at a gym where I was working, fantastic gym. I really enjoyed working here and I loved the people. I created an idea where I could train several people at once in a particular program. And it was very successful. And another personal trainer decided to say things about me that weren't true. When I trained my groups, they took up a lot of room in the gym. And this, this validly, this did create problems for other trainers. Anyway, I can hear the dump truck in the background collecting the rubbish. 
I'm so glad the boys put out the rubbish this week because they forgot a couple of weeks ago and then we had recycling everywhere for weeks. Anyway, you can hear the sound of the dump truck in the background. So one of the trainers said something negatively about me that wasn't correct at all. And the owner, who had always liked me, believed for a short period of time what had been said to her. And she said, don't you know, this is someone that always liked me, don't you know, you're just so weird, you're so intense, you're always analysing everything, don't you know everybody says you're weird. And it was a watershed moment because I thought to myself, oh my goodness, they do, they do. And I wanted so much to pretend that I was like everybody else. I wanted to be like everybody else. I needed to be like everybody else because I wanted people to like me. I wanted people to like me. And I thought if they liked me, then I could tick my life. And there's things in life that we do and we get ticks for it. In our society, we get a big tick if we've got a skinny body. We get a big tick if we reduce the ageing process. We get a big tick if we never criticise someone to their face. We get a big tick if we follow the mainstream. We get a big tick if we never ever strive to be anything special if we're just like everyone else. And do you know, that big tick, getting that big tick, you know when that costs you? You know when that big tick costs you? That big tick costs you yourself. And if you go through life looking for the big ticks of life, it costs you yourself. Because when you're pregnant, if you're female, you put on weight. We all get old. And as we get old and the wrinkles draw in our face, increase our laughing eyes, we're beautiful. You know what, if you don't age, if you don't grow beautiful crow's feet under your eyes, it means you haven't laughed, you haven't smiled. So tell that big tick where to go. You don't need the big ticks of life. The only ticks you need are the ones you choose to give yourself. I haven't written in my life because I've been too scared. I've wanted to write a book all my life. I have so many manuscripts of books I've written about relationships, about fitness, about health, about happiness, about meditation. And they've just been on the internet or gathering dust in the corner of the room. And now you can hear the reversing, reversing alarm of the, the uh, truck. I am so sorry for all the noise. That's probably relevant to my conversation with you today. This tea is tasting so good. I think when I do this, I need to come up here with um, a pot of tea instead of a cup because I'm really enjoying these episodes and I'd like to have them extend beyond one cup of tea because you know what? When you're with a friend, it's always at least a pot of tea. It's never one cup. And you're the type of friend to me that is definitely at least a one pot friend.
So I've been scared to be different. And on the internet with my uploads, I very slowly, slowly, slowly started to be myself. If you look at my videos, you can see how I've struggled at times to be myself and sometimes I try and be what I think others want me to be. And very, very slowly, very slowly, I have started to sit in my present, sit in my sense of self and be myself. I don't think we ever really arrive there because we're social. We always want to belong to society. And really, if we didn't want to belong to society, we would be, you know, antisocial. And that's not what it's about. It's about engaging with society, being a member of society, giving to society, but not selling our soul, not selling our consciousness, compromising our sense of self. We can only help others if we stand away from the pack. And then we join the pack. We stand away and we join and we stand away. And that's the journey of life. I've written so many books and none of them have ever got anywhere. Why? Because I haven't done anything about it. Today, and now you can hear sirens, of course, of course when I sit down and I'm so excited to speak with you, there's going to be noise everywhere. Let's wait a minute and the dog will start barking too because he's going to hear the sirens. Today, I was notified by Ingram Sparks. Um, not sorry, not Ingram Sparks. Ingram Sparks are the distributor. I was notified by Damonza. Damonza have formatted my book that it's ready to upload. So I'll receive a copy later today, maybe tomorrow because it's American time. Now, that copy that was sent to the editor. Uh, sent to Demonza, which is the formatter. I probably rewrote it, oh, I'd really be guessing, maybe 12, 15, 16 times more. Then it was reformatted 19 times. I know it was 19 because the last one I got back today had the number at the top of the PDF. So it's been reformatted 19 times. Now when I receive the final copy, which is all ready to go, so I'm told, I will send that to Ingram Sparks and I can load it onto Kindle myself. I've looked today at uh, trying to understand the paperwork and that'll be another process which I will do in a day. Or oh, that's the time I've given myself. I can't put into words how I feel. I am terrified. I am so scared. I am so so scared of releasing this book because in life sometimes it's easier to say if I wrote a book it would be great than to actually put your sense of self on the line it's so scary that I could release this book and it wouldn't be any good that it stopped me releasing the book for the great half of my life I'm going to embrace my fear and I'm going to release this book. Now, as I say that, I've had the book read by five people who say it's very good, and they're professionals and know what they're saying, so I know that it's a fairly good book, and it is my first, but fear. Fear is a response by the body, generated by the body. Why is it generated? 
is generated in order to keep us safe, is generated in order to galvanize us into action. It has a purpose. And we need to exploit and use that purpose. Not be rabbits in the headlights. There is a time and place to be a rabbit stuck in the headlights of life. But then we need to move on. One of the ways we do this is to mark time. I think it's very important that when we feel scared or we feel grief or loss, to just quietly, quietly and gently notice the time. Okay, today, what date is it? The 20th of May 2016. I feel fear. How long will it be until I load that book? I've given myself 24 hours. If something happens with the kids, I may take 48. But I need to gently notice myself embracing and working through the fear. Fear is there, my friend, to protect us. And that's what it needs to do. It is not there to stop us taking action. Chema Chodron says that fear, we are given fear in order to grow. We're given fear in order to embrace it, which I agree with that. I do think that fear for me physically makes me feel sick in so many ways, which I talk about in the book. It physically makes me feel sick. I am so scared this book isn't going to be good enough. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's commas missing or uh, a grammatical mistake I've missed. It's time to get it out there. Because this book is evidence, a demonstration that I dare to be myself. This book is an illustration of my sense of self, that I stamp my foot and say, I don't care that I'm different. I stamp my foot and say, I don't care if you call me weird. I'm going to be weird anyway. And you know what? If someone calls you weird, it's because they don't understand you. And if you are making headway in life, the sheep are not going to understand you because sheep just follow if you want to make a difference, if you want to make a difference, look at the definition of making a difference. To make a difference, you need to be different. Listen to me. To make a difference, you need to be different. If you're going to be different, you're going to be called weird. So when someone calls you weird, stand up and embrace the world because you finally made it. You finally made it, my friend. Do you have something you want to achieve? Notice the time, my friend. Notice the year. Notice your age. Do it. Don't put it off. Don't rationalize why you haven't done it. I'm a mum of four, and there's so many times I've dropped down to have mummy meltdowns and doubted myself and chastised myself and had negative self-talk. The book will come out, and the second book will come out, and the third and the fourth. But this book, my friend, this book has been the hardest. Because this is where I lay my heart out to the world. Some will like the book, some may not. And I've got to say, stick it. This is my book, and this is my demonstration of not only my life, but the way I see the development of happiness, the how-to of happiness. And what I want to really give you, imagine me holding your hand here. So imagine me holding your hand. 
what I want to share with you, my friend, is don't, don't delay. Don't let life pass you by. Don't hide behind needing or wanting those social ticks. The social ticks are okay, but don't hide behind them. You know why I say that? Because I have. I'm 52 this year. I've hidden behind my need to have social ticks, to be married, to be slim, to be attractive, to be liked, to be acceptable, to be the same. My desire to be the same has cost me my sense of self, but no longer, no longer, no longer. I want you, I want you to do this. I want you to look in the mirror and say, it's time. Look in the mirror and say, it's time that I am myself, myself, my kind, my compassionate, my curious, my empathetic self. It's time that I am my sense of self in order that I can love others, contribute to the world and take care of my world. My dear friends, thank you for giving me your time today. Today I feel scared and I will load that book. Perhaps you feel scared today. You can do this. Mark the time, my friend. Don't let it pass. You can do this.